you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today, I'm going to talk about how technology has improved the cardiac tests your doctor can order to help diagnose a possible heart problem or its progression. Interestingly, all of the tests on this list are totally non-invasive, so don't get squeamish when I go through the list. The first one I want to talk about is an electrocardiogram, also known as an ECG or EKG, and I'm sure you've heard about it because this one has been around for a long time. This test measures your heart's electrical activity by measuring how long an electrical wave takes to go from one part of your heart to the other. In essence, the heart's electrical activity. Electrodes are put on your chest and connected to the device, and then the device will measure how fast the heart is beating, as well as the timing and strength of its electrical signals. Electrocardiograms can help to diagnose abnormal heart rhythms and are used to monitor changes in heart rhythms, identify if a heart attack has occurred, and help predict if a heart attack is developing. If an EKG is inconclusive, your doctor may order a Holter, H-O-L-T-E-R, monitor, which then monitors your heart rhythm. See, all of these have to do with your heart rhythm. The small monitor is worn for a prolonged period of time after you've gone home and monitors you while you do your normal activities for 24 hours. At that point, you then bring it back in and they take a look at it. Kind of a similar one, at least it sounds similarly, is called an echocardiogram. An echocardiogram uses ultrasound to show the shape, size, position, and motion of, quote, cardiac structures, unquote. So what that means is that it can identify if heart valves are leaky or narrowed, also known as regurgitant, they have all these lovely words, identifies a backward flow of blood or stenotic, which which is a narrowing or constriction of the bodily passage. This is usually the first test ordered when a patient is short of breath. Very common complaint. The echocardiogram lets the doctor see how the heart valves are opening and closing, which helps to determine the cause of a heart murmur. Check the functioning of the heart valves and also assess the overall heart function. That one sounds like it's probably used quite often. Magnetic resonance imaging or MRI is a test that we're all very familiar with because it's used to look at everything from broken, broken bones, bone density, organs, blood vessels, as well as the heart. An MRI uses a magnetic field and radio frequency waves to create detailed pictures of whatever it's pointed at. 
In this instance, they pointed at your heart and blood vessels, as well as areas of your brain where you may have had a stroke. It can assess your heart structure, look for scar tissue in the heart muscle, and the function of the heart valves. The exercise stress test measures how well your heart is working during physical exertion. They use an EKG, which we talked about earlier, while you're either walking on a treadmill or riding a bicycle, and they monitor your level of tiredness, your heart rate, breathing, blood pressure, and heart activity. It may also trigger symptoms like lightheadedness, shortness of breath, or chest pain, which would suggest coronary artery disease. It shows that the heart isn't getting a good supply of blood, and an angiogram would likely be the next step. An angiogram, also called a cardiac catheterization or a coronary angiogram, is a minimally invasive procedure where a catheter is inserted into a blood vessel in either your arm or your groin and fed up to the heart through which a contrast dye is injected, showing blockages and narrowing of the arteries. And they watch it as that dye goes through your arteries. It's a complicated description for a relatively straightforward process. And if any blockages are found at that time, they can be treated and you don't have to do this twice. A tilt test, that's T-I-L-T, actually, you know, like tilting you, is often used to determine why you feel faint or lighthearted. It measures your blood pressure and heart rate responses to the force of gravity by slowly tilting the table that you're lying on. A nurse tracks your blood pressure and pulse to watch how they change during the test. And the tilt test identifies any heart rhythm changes and monitors any dizziness or fainting spells. Well, that's good. I'm glad they're going to tip you upside down and and then have somebody there when you faint. Just a side comment. Positron emission tomography or PET scan is usually ordered after heart disease has already been diagnosed. The PET scan is a functional imaging technique to visualize and measure changes in metabolic processes, as well as in other physiological activities, which include blood flow, regional chemical composition, and absorption. A trace amount of radioactive material, known as a radio tracer or radiopharmaceutical, is injected into the bloodstream after which a special computer creates a 3D image of your heart. PET scans are used mostly in patients with brain or heart conditions and cancer. And PET is used most often by oncologists, neurologists, neurosurgeons, and cardiologists. But its uses are spreading more widely in other areas, and it's starting to be used in conjunction with other diagnostic say that again, diagnostic tests like CT scans and MRIs. PET scans are so innovative and powerful that I think maybe I will dedicate a whole show to them later on, maybe next year. Watch for that coming soon. So that's it for this list of heart-related tests, what they are and what they're used for. Obviously, didn't want to get into too much detail. I just wanted to make everyone aware of these tests and what they do 
or are used for in case any of you end up having to take one or more of these yourself or perhaps a friend, parent, or other family member has to. They're just the tip of the future that's coming as the medical field joins up with technology, electronics, and radiology to create more better, as my nephews used to say, treatments and ways, methods to find things. So that's it for this week's healthy tips on heart tests. And I also wanted to re-mention, which I had in last week's podcast as well, that I'm offering a holiday coaching special for anyone who would like to have a conversation or who just needs someone to talk to. I'm a really good listener. Just ask some of my friends. You would also be doing me a big favor as I am currently in a coaching mastery program where I've been challenged to talk with 50 people over the next four months. Would you be interested in helping me to reach that goal? I really need some help on this. I'm putting my schedule link in the show notes. So if you'd like to sign up for an hour coaching schedule, you can do that at the link and get on my calendar. As I say, I would really appreciate anybody's help getting these coaching sessions filled up. And remember, they don't cost you anything except maybe some time and maybe figuring out some things you've been thinking about. So go ahead and look in the show notes and click on the bit.ly link that is in there. And I look forward to meeting some of the people who listen to my podcast. That's it for today. I will finish up by saying that I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. Please don't take it that way. And if you are having any kind of medical issues, please go to see your doctor or go to the emergency room, whichever is necessary. That's it for today. Next week, I will have another interview up and then it will be the holidays. I may even... I'll have to think about whether I want to do a new podcast or maybe I will just bring another podcast up from the archives to replay for you, all of you guys, all of you people. So that's it. If I don't talk to you, have a good holiday, good Christmas, Christmas, can't say that, and New Year, no matter what religion or area of the world you're in. See you next time. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.